0: All right, Um, if you guys want to, you can turn to Matthew 28 in your Bibles. We'll just be reading the two verses that end that chapter today, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. The text says, And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is our text for basics this week. And we will be talking about the concept or the idea of discipleship in the New Testament. And it's important for us to understand that discipleship is the mission and purpose of the Christian church. It's the, the thing that we're called to do as a church. And you see that here, right before Jesus uh, leaves his disciples, the very last thing he does is he gives them this commission that's recorded. And it's important to us, this mission, and you likely know this because we read it every Sunday at the end of our, our service. So this is not just something we think is nice in scripture. It's also something we think is the backbone of what the current mission of the church is to go therefore and make disciples of every nation. But I think often the concept of discipleship is misunderstood or maybe poorly understood in the church. And I think there's a lot of assumption that goes on and what is discipleship, what does it entail, what does it look like, all these things. And so in this session of basics, I'm, I'm gonna be attempting to clarify some misconceptions and give a better vision, I think a healthy vision of what it means to disciple as part of the local church. So with that in mind, discipleship being the backbone of what the church is to do, now the question becomes, well, what does that mean for you and I as individual Christians in, in part of that larger mission? So for that, I, we don't have to turn there, but uh, you might be familiar with 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul uses the illustration of the body, uh, the human body as, uh, as an analogous to the church. So he, the, the conclusion summary of what Paul is saying there is, the church is like a body in that we are differently gifted and differently abled as members of that body to do different functions. So the purpose of the body is to grow and to maintain health and to maintain vibrancy. Uh, We could say analogously, that is also the mission of the church to grow and maintain health and vibrancy. But what the text in uh, 1 Corinthians tells us is that it is not the job of every single member within that body to do the exact same set of functions for, as he says, not every hand is a hand. Not everyone is a hand. Not everyone is a mouth. Not all of you are heads. Some of you are differently gifted and you must recognize that different gifting if you ought to actually live healthily as a body. So to to maybe draw that illustration out a little bit uh, for understanding at least the growth aspect, which I think discipleship falls under. If you were to think about how the human body grows today, uh, and not that it's grown differently throughout human history, but how the human body grows is you intake food, which is you, you take in calories and nutrients, uh, but you don't, it doesn't just stop there. You don't just intake food. Uh, you have to first break down those calories and nutrients into component parts so that your body can actually digest the food that you've eaten. Uh, then your body needs to reconstitute those nutrients through a whole bunch of processes to, make, uh, to take the fish that you eat and turn it into uh, muscle protein or to turn it into skin tissue or all kinds of things. Th- those things need to be broken down and then later reassembled by the body. But it's not just that you need to intake food and break it down and rebuild it. You also need to sleep so that your body can have time to rest and to recover and, and, broke, uh, and repair previously damaged tissue. Also, you need to have a good hormonal balance. Uh, people who have hormones out of whack uh, might grow uh, not, not enough or too much. And so the body to grow needs also a good balance of hormones. And on top of that, you don't just need food, you need to eat water or you need to drink water. And you also need to stay healthy in general, meaning not getting sick and things like that. All of those things are components of what it means for the body to grow. Some of those components have directly to do with the intaking of food. Some of those components have to do with the general upkeep of the body. But all of them are necessary for the body to grow. And that's not even touching on the most important component of the growth of the human body, which would be the growth of the human brain, which needs to be poured into and and developed over the, the development of a child. Because if the human body grows but the brain doesn't grow, that leads to deficiencies later on in life. So the church, if you're comparing the church to a growing body, Uh, And we can understand that different parts of the church have different responsibilities within that work I think this picture is going to be helpful for us to understand. What does that mean for discipleship adding things to the body? uh, And understanding that not every single person has the same job when it comes to discipling. I think mistakenly the the current church is has, has a problem, which is it thinks every single person ought to be an evangelist within the within the mission of the body so To quote uh, Sinclair Ferguson, who you might know, uh, he's a theologian. And he comments uh, in a recent interview that he did this. He says, for a couple of centuries, there has been a tremendous weight placed upon our members that they must be individual witnesses. A lot of them have simply crumbled underneath that pressure. However, it has struck me with how little the New Testament actually has to say on evangelism as as a manual and how much it actually has to discuss about the living, consistent life that is required of a New Testament Christian living within the life of the church. He concludes by saying this, as society crumbles, he says this later in the interview, as society crumbles and we expose the church to the community in which it has been placed, it is absolutely bound to have an impact in that way. So his vision for church discipleship is not that every single individual member of a church must be an evangelist or a teacher, Uh, but his vision for discipleship is that every single member of the church needs to be incorporated into that living body and that some people will be disciplers and some people will be uh, developing people once they're inside the church. Some people will be investing to protect the health of the church and the wellness of the church. There's a whole host of responsibilities in the growth of the church, not just converting people to faith or or sharing the gospel with someone new. There's a whole host of things that have to do with that. Now, that is all, all good and well. But the, the mission of the church, capital, capital church, uh, the corporate church, is for us to all be on mission together with the goal of discipleship. And so then it becomes critically important to understand how your individual gifting as a Christian plays into the overall mission of the church. Because what some people hear when you say, well, not everyone individually is responsible for discipleship what they end up hearing is, therefore, I'm off the hook for having any role to play in the process of discipleship. And that's not true, because you do have a role to play. And this could be, uh, could, could be equated to and why I started with the illustration of, of the human body growing by eating food, breaking it down, reassembling it, and guarding a whole host of other health functions. Every single aspect of that process actually does attribute to growth within the human body. Similarly, every single gift that the church is gifted with attributes to the growth and the health and the vibrancy of of that body. So you have a gift by the grace of God. Everyone has a gift through the Holy Spirit. And then the question is, how does that gift grow or enable the church to grow through discipleship? That might not mean, uh, or that doesn't mean that everyone has to become a pastor and teach, okay? That's not what that that means. It doesn't mean that everyone needs to be going overseas to be a missionary. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean that everyone has to lead an individual Bible study of six of their coworkers, and, and that's what it means to disciple. Discipleship is a broad corpus of what it means to engraft people into the body of the church. And then the question is, well, what, what role do you play in that? And you might have a sense as you live life in the church, what, what aspect or role uh, you play within that process. But I think it's important to understand that you, just because not, you're not responsible individually as a Christian to disciple every single person in the world, that doesn't mean you don't have a role to play within your church for discipleship. So what that could look like, for instance, is the more traditional way we define discipleship is someone, let's say, shares the gospel with, with a new person uh, at a coffee shop or a coworker or a friend. They, they they then eventually begin maybe meeting with them, reading scripture with them, maybe taking them with to to church, trying to incorporate them into the body. But that is, let's say, one aspect of what that discipleship means. It might mean that another person, gifted maybe more with uh, someone who's already a believer and maturing them. Takes that person under their wing and starts to do maybe deeper study of scripture teaching them more theology teaching them more practical life ministry stuff it could be that a different person who's maybe a mature uh husband or wife takes that person under their wing and, and and counsels them on the practical ministry of day-to-day life in the christian walk what does it mean to to love children what does it mean to love difficult people uh and, and it could mean that uh maybe that person feels called to various avenues of ministry or service Uh, that someone who has the gift of hospitality takes that person in and and simply makes them feel welcome within the life of the body. All of those pieces actually play a role in the discipleship process of the church. And I I don't think it's fair for the church to crush everyone under the same burden to say you have to be a discipler. And what we do with that is we define it very narrowly to say you have to share the gospel with new people and and then convince them of faith. That might be the gifting of some people and everyone is required to have the capacity to share the gospel with someone if they are presented with it in the moment. We don't want to shy away from those opportunities. But as Sinclair Ferguson notes, the New Testament has much more to say about what it means to be part of a living body within the church than it does about witnessing to the broader world. The church witnesses to the broader world. Individual Christians are incorporated into the body of the church, which partakes in that broader, broader witness. And so I think when you're engaging in discipleship, one of the things you have to answer is, what, what role do I play in that broader process? And do I actually have a vision for what that looks like within the broader goal? Because sometimes you can think, I have a gifting in this area, but I'm not quite sure how that connects to discipleship. And that might be fine for like three weeks, but over time you'll, you'll lose your sense of meaning or purpose in doing that kind of thing. If you don't really understand what the purpose of hospitality is in the broader por- purpose of discipleship, at some point you might begin to feel like you're missing out. But that's because you haven't really connected the dots between those, those two things yet. I think this is primarily the problem when we, when we talk about, for example, motherhood in the church. Uh, women particularly, I feel like, have felt the pressure to engage in discipleship and thus to become ministers in the church. And I think that pressure is, is justified because of how much uh, importance the Western church places on the role of pastor or elder. But I think uh, it has, in the same token, lost the vision of what it means to simply mother and disciple people within the church at an individual relational kind of basis, something that... Uh, moms particularly tend to do a much better job at than, than men um, and those are things that the church actually needs to grow and develop Similarly how the, uh, the body needs uh, white blood cells to keep off invaders uh, It also needs cells which are primarily tasked with the, the simple healing process if you get a cut on your skin Different cells go to work to fix that cut than the cells that are responsible for sending signals to help you to exercise It's, it's a different two different processes, but both are required for a healthy body both are required for growth and development because if the cells that prevent infection don't work, the body can't actually be healthy enough to, to grow. If the cells that uh, are supposed to take in new nutrients don't work, if, if that whole process breaks down, then the body is left with no, no resources to grow and develop later. The point is though, that not every single cell does every single job. The body differentiates because it's efficient. The church differentiates because, well, Paul tells us it is so, and also because the Holy Spirit gives us differently. And so then we as Christians are responsible for understanding, well, what is our job within that differentiation? And as you're building relationship with other people in the church, people who aren't, who aren't quite as in tune with their calling. I think it is the the role of a mature Christian to help younger believers to identify what those giftings are in their life. We ought to commend and compliment and encourage people to exercise their gifts. And, and part of what that means is being active in recognizing and calling out gifts in people, but not, a baseless call out like, I think you're gifted in this, but you don't have a basis for that. But to truly learn people and and relate to people well enough where you can actually say, I think you're gifted in this or I see this in you, I wanna encourage you to continue to use that. And and to help them connect the dots between how does hospitality factor in with discipleship or maybe if someone is really gifted for missions, to help them to see that and to cultivate a sense of that in their life. But that doesn't mean that, uh, I mean, it's often said that if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Sometimes the people who are most missionally minded in the church, think everyone else should be missionally minded in the same way. This is one of the tug and pulls of of being in the body. Everyone who is apologetically minded in the church thinks everyone else should be an apologist. But that's just not the case. We're not all the same thing. And so we need to both love and be passionate about the thing that we're called to in the body without making that conviction the burden of every other believer within the body. Respecting those differences, cultivating those differences, and understanding how does that role play within the larger function of the church and discipleship. Now, all that to say, okay, that's as you as an individual Christian, now if you uh, bring that full circle to the mission of the church as discipleship, one of the things that is, I think, a mistaken aspect of discipleship at the church at large, so I've talked about now an individual misunderstanding, now the church at large, is that for the church to disciple effectively, it has to disciple at an exponential rate. This is a very dangerous idea. Because uh, that would be like saying the most efficient way for a human to grow is for them to just stuff themselves day after day with food and thinking that that's not gonna lead to any problems. Taking the most calories and that's it. That's not how a human body grows healthy. A human body grows healthy by, by taking in the exact amount of food which is necessary for growth, but not more, lest it become in an, inefficient, an inefficient use of material and not less food than it needs, lest it begin to lose that, the calories that it actually needs to grow. Similarly, the church, Uh, I think, unfortunately, in the West thinks that discipleship equals large expanse of church bodies or large expanses of people coming to faith and being baptized. Often, the more important aspects of discipleship are the things that happen after someone is incorporated into the body. How are they going to grow in maturity? How are they going to participate in this body? How are we going to keep them healthy so they can actually walk this thing out for their whole Christian life? And in that sense, discipleship in the church is just as much about getting people in as it is about keeping them Faithful to the end. And I think that aspect of Western Christianity, especially, is felt because of how many people we have that can come in through the doors. But just because our front doors are big, unfortunately, in the Western church, the exit doors are just as big, where people come in, stay for a little while, and then after a year or two, leave. And very few people actually exist to stop that process from happening, because very few churches understand that's part of the process. Discipleship is therefore just as much about bringing new people in as it is about keeping the existing people they're vibrant and growing and healthy and maturing in their faith. In all of these things, I wanna now point out where in the text of Matthew that exists. In Matthew's gospel, uh, when he concludes, he doesn't just tell us to go therefore and preach the gospel to people. He gives us specific instructions on what discipleship means. So Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. And then he's gonna tell us what it means to make disciples, okay? They're gonna be of all nations, You need to baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and Spirit. So you're discipling them into a system of faith, not into just relationship and community and friendship. You're discipling them into mature Christian faith. And then what do you do? You teach them to observe all that Jesus commanded the disciples to observe, which means that discipleship is just as much about uh, baptizing them, getting them in the door as it is about maturing them and teaching them things once they're in. And and implicitly, we know how Paul constructs his ministry in the New Testament. He doesn't just plant churches, but actually all the letters in the New Testament we have are after he's planted churches coming back years later, being concerned for the health and the vibrancy of that body, which he planted, writing for them with, with pastoral care, with motherly concern to make sure they're healthy, they're protected from false teaching, to correct them and rebuke them when the time is right. All of those things are Paul modeling for us what it means to be a discipler. And I think all we do in the Western church, unfortunately, is focus on him, the, the planting churches aspect and not so much on the fact that actually all the letters we have are from him post planting churches writing with pastoral concern for the church. So in all of that, uh, different parts of the bodies are, are different parts of the Christian church is gifted for these different facets. And so the burden on, on you as a believer is to figure out where do I play uh, a part in that role? And then the, the, the mission of the broader church is to make sure that it is actually healthy, having people who can play all of those roles. Uh, you, you cannot be a church if you're not discipling. It's hard to constitute a church if you're not evangelizing. It's hard to be a church if you're not teaching sound doctrine. It, it's hard to be a church if any one of those pieces is lacking. But that's not the, that doesn't mean that every single Christian needs to be a theologian, a PhD, an apologist, an evangelist, a missionary, and also a pastor. That just, that's an untenable goal. And so we need to embrace, I think, the differentiation which the New Testament allows for when we, are commi- when we are actually carrying out this burden of discipling the nations. So with that, let me close this in a word of prayer and then we can get into some discussion. God, we thank you for this day and this time to gather, as short as it is to open up your word, to understand just some basic principles about what it means to engage in the Christian walk and the Christian life. We thank you for the opportunity, uh, once again, to gather on a beautiful Lord's Day uh, for, for training, for, for fellowship, for learning. And we pray that through this, you would edify us, you would build us, you would strengthen us and encourage us through the power of your word, uh, and that we would be uh, the better for it by the grace of your spirit. We pray this in your name. Amen.